Well, it's back. Apparently, according to this article in the Toronto Star, our gridlock already back and your commute, they are promising, may get worse than ever after COVID-19. Uh, we are about to investigate the whys of that and what is leading to it and why we're looking at a hellish commute that's even worse than the commute we had before the pandemic in a matter of seconds. But I just want to kind of go back to let's walk down memory lane together, shall we? Remember at the beginning of the pandemic, the first lockdown? Remember how quiet the roads were? And then if you had to go out for, during the first few months of the pandemic, it was like, it was a joy to drive again. And you thought, oh, Ashley, the 401 right now driving it is sort of similar to what it was like when I was a kid. You know, your parents would pile you into the car and you'd be going to the zoo and you'd be clipping along. There was a lot of room between cars. Well, that's not the case anymore. That hasn't been the case for years, but it was a nice little look back at what it was like in the past on our highways. Uh, there are people that are upset that Doug Ford is focusing on this new Highway 413. Uh, they're, they're concerned about it. And some people say, well, look at, we have to look at our infrastructure because it is, uh, it's not where it should be, not for the amount of people that we have. And I'm hearing some uh, predictions that we could be looking at uh, another million people in Toronto in the near future. So if that's the case, that's more people on the roads. I wanted to talk about the, uh, the idea of uh, how traffic and gridlock is getting worse. I'd like to welcome to the show, Eric Miller, director of the University of Toronto's Transportation Research Institute. Eric, you say that there are two reasons why traffic is coming back so strongly. Can you uh, get into it? Well, yeah, I think there's actually maybe even more than two, but the the, the big two are, first of all, transit. We aren't using transit. Uh, you know, people are still very worried about getting on the buses and the subways. Uh, how worried they should be is hard to say. But, uh, you know, in pre-pandemic, you'd have one well, in the order of one and a half million people using transit every day. Uh, far less than half are, are doing so now. So some of those are staying home and working from home. But, you know, a number of them are going back to work and they're not on the buses. They're They're driving to a large extent. So we have people who used to be transit users. Uh, on the roads. Uh, I think this really illustrates how important transit is in a big city like Toronto to keep people people off, off the roads. Um, and, you know, the future depends on getting people back into the into the buses and the subways eventually if, if we're not going to have uh, worse gridlock than we have now in, in the future. I think the other uh, aspect, well, a second aspect is that even if you're working from home, it doesn't mean you're, you're not still out traveling. You may be taking the kids to school, you may be shopping, um, and, uh, and and so there's a lot of non-work travel going on that has bounced back and is, is out there. Uh, also, to the extent that people are returning to work, many of the locations where people have to go to work, stores, factories, warehouses, and so on, are in areas that are not very transit-oriented, so people are even more inclined to take cars. Um, you know, and I think another important thing we can't forget is, is all the e-shopping and home deliveries that we've gotten used to. I don't know about your neighborhood, Kelly, but, you know, I can't walk down the street without, uh, you know, dodging the cars and white delivery vans. Bringing well, hang on a second, Erica. I think I have an a Amazon delivery guy at my door right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and you know, and they add significantly. You know, we've been worried for a long time about um, the, the sort of the e-commerce effect on congestion, and I think we're starting to see that now. So it's, yeah. a, it's an accumulation of several things and changes of behavior um, that are leading to what we see right now. 
Okay, but those are all pandemic related. When things get back to normal and more of us get back to work, can we assume that uh, we're going to see a drop off of those delivery trucks and the people that would be, um, you know, running errands while they should be sitting at their remote office desk? Uh, well, you know, the, the simple answer is I think we don't know right now. I, I think a, a good chunk of that uh, delivery economy, that e-economy, is going to stay with us. We've just gotten too used to having, you know, Amazon bring us whatever our hearts desire. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there will be a return to stores. I think the really big thing is the return to work and the return to transit. That's going to be the big big question. Uh, if we can... Uh, if people can start to feel comfortable to be back on transit again, um, I, I don't think congestion would be necessarily going to be worse in the future than it would have been, you know, without all of this. Uh, but you also mentioned, you know, we're going to continue to grow. And so even yeah. with this, uh, there's going to be more load on the infrastructure. And, and, you know, you're absolutely right. We need more infrastructure. We can debate roads versus transit. But, uh, you, you know, we need more of that. So I think transit's the really key issue here is um, can we provide high-quality, attractive, safe transit that will attract people back. The congestion on the road will actually encourage people to get back on transit. That's what I thought. You know, so there's an equilibrium you get between, you know, the pain on the road versus the pain on the transit system that people try to find. I wonder if we're going to be looking at also, you know, the the idea that we are going to, businesses are going to be encouraged to uh, staggering start times because of the traffic on the road and trying to alleviate that to some degree. Well, you know, this is this is an idea that's been around for a long time, and I think is we could do a lot more to promote that. Um, you know, I think the other thing that is going to last beyond the pandemic is people will be working from home more, and, and maybe you go into the office three, four days a week instead of five days a week. Um, and so that will help, but it would help a lot more if somehow we could coordinate that a little bit so that not everybody takes Friday off, you know, that mm-hmm. that, that, that day off, that work-at-home day is spread around. You know, uh, if if everybody who used to go in five days a week only went in four days a week, that's 20% less load on the system, uh, If but we do need to somehow coordinate it a little bit if that's to be effective. I know that you were featured in this Toronto Star piece about gridlock coming back. Uh, so was uh, Carol Hansen who is a spokesperson for TomTom. Tom. And um, she said that stats suggested, this is interesting, that people who were working remotely have become more inclined to get into their cars on weekends. Whereas before, if you're in the office all week, it was kind of a relief to be home for a bit. I actually can relate to that because, you know, I'm one of those people that will do like almost an hour commute. It's not an hour from, from my house to get into Toronto, but it is because of the traffic. So I'm doing an hour in, an hour back on a daily basis. I haven't done that because of the pandemic and I've been working from home the whole time, broadcasting from home. Uh, but I'll tell you, when I used to drive in every weekday, the last thing I wanted to do on the weekend was drive into Toronto. And we are already seeing there are more people living in the city I know that we had a little bit of an exodus, but we've still got a, a huge amount of people that actually called the city proper their home. And driving in the core was hellish at the beginning of this. It, it's interesting that we are looking at possibly people from the burbs coming into Toronto even more so with their cars on weekends now. Yeah, well, it could be. I mean, I think it's it's a it's a it's a good hypothesis. Yeah, we we need to get out and about, and if we are. Uh, in the house all the time working, we do need to get out. And, and so I think there is a lot more of that activity going on. I've started going back into the office just so that I can get out of the house on, you know, on a daily basis, you know, a couple times a week. 
so I think that change of pace, that variety. Uh, we're we're social animals. We want to get out. We want to see people. We, we um, so yeah. I think there's all these things that are kind of say changing our behaviors in way that are encouraging us to get out on the roadways. What do you think about uh, the TTC uh, trying to mitigate uh, the damage? I think even optics wise uh, with this pilot project they're performing now they've, they've got these, this copper coating that they're going to put on several uh, street cars and um, buses and subway cars on high touch points. And basically it's antimicrobial. Do you think that will put our minds at rest doing, you know, with initiatives like that, that are widespread across uh, mass transit to get us comfortable with the idea of maybe, uh, post-pandemic or at the end of this pandemic getting back on to mass transit or is that just theater that people are going to kind of see through after a while uh yeah i don't know I, I i i think it's i think it's worthwhile i mean you know i'm 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 not a medical expert uh, you know the how important uh, you know the the touch transmission is it's hard to say, but I think it's psychologically very much in our our minds i know i'm washing my hands all the time you know, wherever I am. Uh, mm-hmm. so I think that helps. I, I, I think actually um, having as much service out there as possible so that there's options for people so that you don't have to take the bus, you're not in a crowded bus. Um, you know, it's never been clear how much transmission has ever occurred on the transit system. There's no no good data to show that it really is that dangerous to be honest. Because we were all frightened we left the transit system well, on yeah. mass. Oh, so, yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, to be very frank, uh, you know, uh, getting all the bus drivers vaccinated uh, is, is a big thing, too. You know, I, mm. I think vaccine mandates, I mean, with, you know, really, whether it's a bus or inside at a restaurant, um, what we really all want to do is feel safe that everybody around us is, is vaccinated, that we're not being exposed by. We want to get back out and be with people. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's a, even though most of us are vaccinated, there is this uncertainty about it. And, and, you know, and I think that comes out in spades on the bus. You know, who's next to me? Uh, can You know, what am I being exposed to? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take a while to work through that. I think we will recover from that eventually, but uh, it's going to take time. Eric, I think what's going to happen first is the people that are closest to the city are going to be the ones dr- jumping on transit to commute in and out from work. And I think the ones farthest are going to get in their cars. Uh, they're going to continue to be frustrated. But that's just me uh, with my little magic little eight ball that I hold you know, beside me during the show and I refer to from time to time. And as we know, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Eric, I thank you for your time. It's been a really nice uh, conversation, and um, we're going to talk traffic and gridlock with the audience next. I appreciate you starting off the conversation. Okay. Thank you for having me, Kelly. Have a good day. Have a great day. Eric Miller, Director of the University of Toronto's Transportation Research Institute.